Shane, we're back at it, man. Episode 44. Gnarly Harley. Getting close to that 5-0, bro. Been talking about it for a little bit. So, wonder who it's going to be. I don't know. We, we should probably plan that a little better, huh? I, I've got some <laughs> ideas, man. Yeah. Talked to some people already. Uh, but yeah, so 44. We just had Harley. Yeah. Gnarly Harley. Uh, you will learn all about that, so we won't go into too much of that. Still doing the trivia thing on Tuesday nights. Seven Shane nine. and I, seven and nine, three dollars. Even though you don't want to play trivia, go drink three dollars sweet water. Where can you find three dollars sweet waters anywhere for sixteen? Nowhere, it's nowhere. Steal, but Mellow Mushroom in Destin, Florida. Um, Shane, a month ago on this podcast, we spoke about uh, my my challenge for the month, and uh, I hit the bike portion. Yeah, I did my three hundred miles on the bike, and I did it. I was out for a week um, due to a, a minor injury, so. I, I did the 300 miles in three weeks of riding time. Of riding time? What mm-hmm. about, and weren't you doing running as well? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hit the running mark, man. So but I also, but I attribute that to also the injury. What injury? I don't remember. You I don't want, I don't want to discuss it publicly. I can talk about it off the air. <laughs> but uh, I wasn't able to, I wasn't We're able trying to. trying to get content here, Graham. I wasn't they able to, know. I wasn't able to run or ride my bike for a week. Mm. So. I got too I got too aggressive with my bike riding, and uh, I think in in three days I did something, a, a number that was more than what I was used to doing. What you, you tore your so, asshole? I didn't tear my asshole. No, no. But uh, uh, fuck, we'll go into it, man. It's it's what's called a um, it's like a, almost like an irritation. It's called a saddle sore, and it's from fucking sitting on a bike too much. Oh, okay. So you like, yeah, you basically fuck your chain up. <laughs> it's great. All the listeners know yeah. about it. Yeah. How that works? So you had to, did you have to get like a cream? No, I didn't have to do anything. Oh, okay. You just have to let it go away. Oh, okay. So I couldn't, I couldn't ride or, or run for like a week to to get it all figured out. To just to get it. So to now you're you're back to you're good. The taint's good. Uh, yeah, I'm not 100, percent but I'm good. <laughs> So the taint's at what? What would you give it? Like what? Like 90, 92? Yeah, probably. You're right around yeah, that's 92%. good. Yeah, I'm still running around. I'm still riding and shit. Still try to ride almost every day. Well, I'm good to hear. I'm glad to yeah, hear man. that, man. I'm glad to hear your taint's doing well. Yeah, man. You go too hard. You got you get the consequences, man. So we got anyway. I, I spoke with you. I know we don't need to get into this too much, man. But you and I have been talking about doing some shit for a while. When you turned thirty, you were supposed to like do this gym every day shit with me, and and so we need to figure out if we're gonna do another challenge. It's got to be for real. We have to document it on here so there's accountability on both your and my part. Um, so we got to do that, trying man. To spring some life decision shit on me right now. No, we had talked about this. We had discussed this on this podcast about when you turn thirty, doing this shit. You're about to be thirty one. I am about to be thirty one. Right? <laughs> it, was, it was about a year ago. Yeah, and you haven't been to the gym once. No, so not once. we're gonna do this. You got your tennis shoes. <laughs> you got some trainers. <laughs> yeah, you got them. We gotta get them broken in, bro. So. But I, I've already got the plan, man. We'll talk about it more next week. Don't want to get too far into it. We have a great episode today with our friend Harley. We hope you all enjoy listening to it. Hit us up. You know the ways. Wimt.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone, for continuing to listen. I can't believe we're about to hit 50 episodes of this. That's great. And uh, we definitely wouldn't be doing it if there weren't people out there listening. So we appreciate y'all. And uh, I know I tell it to Shane all the time we're not off the air, man, but I appreciate you being here doing all this shit with me too, man. Uh, You do a lot for the podcast, um, including all the production and all that stuff. Um, I probably wear you out telling you that on the outside, man, but just want to document it 
on the podcast as well, man. Thanks, You're appreciated, dude. On the brother. Record. Appreciate it, dude. So cool. Thanks for listening, guys. Episode 44, Gnarly Harley. Episode 44 of the Wimty or Whatever It Means to You podcast. We're back at it. Uh, our guest today is Mr. Gnarly Harley. What's up, man? How How's it doing? going, Jaren? Good, good. How's it going, Shane? <laughs> How do you? Uh, oh, are we already live? Oh, we're live. <laughs> we're live on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, if anybody has any questions they want to ask you on there right now, we can do that too, man. If anybody, I don't, is that on Instagram live? They can do that, right? They yeah. Can comment on your live video. Yeah, they can ask uh, questions as we go, wave. Yeah. Whatever. Cool. Sweet. Cool. Well, welcome to the studio slash office. We got to light up the bird. Shane, we light up the bird? Yeah. We got to. There you go. This guy's got an <laughs> epic uh, <laughs> podcast uh, program going on. Um, yeah, man. So welcome. Glad you could make it Woo. on. Glad to have you, dude. Um, what do you want to talk about, man? Recently, I've seen that you've been doing some big things probably within the last year and a half, two years. Your main project's kind of been this... Um, how do you pronounce it? Gyotaku. Gy- uh, <laughs> gy- Gyotaku. So, uh, Gyotaku uh, translates to in Japanese fish rub or fish print, and so the Japanese uh, started uh, Gyotaku uh, in the early 1800s. And that was the way they recorded their catches uh, with rice paper, ink, and um, now it's, it's it's kind of gone off into a, an art form. Um, but it's sort of like a lost thing, but it seems like there's a, a bit of a movement with it. Like a lot of, I guess, you know, with social media and how powerful that is with exploiting things and get it out there. Um, I, I see more and more pe- people like experiment and, and, um, doing it, but as of established, like you talk to artists, guys that have been doing it for a long time or that do like really great work, there's like a handful, um, you know, that do like incredible work and yeah. it, it's, just like anything that the Japanese do, there's always like a discipline to it mm. and a respect uh, behind everything they do. So it's you know, especially like with sushi, how intricate or other practices that the Japanese do. Uh, it's the same thing with uh, gyutaku. There's like a discipline, like with uh, when you do a print of a fish, like you're respecting the life form. But then also there's this practice and patience and technique in which that you do it. There's no rush. So if you don't have patience, it's not really the uh, <laughs> maybe yeah. the, the art form or a practice that um, that you're going to enjoy. Because yeah. I take my time and mm-hmm. and it's all about feeling every little inch of that little crevice of the fish. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm, I, for, I need to apologize uh, for that. About one out of every forty podcasts that you do, I think it's only happened on one other one. We get this. Uh, we get the sound from us, and that's actually the people at the other end. We call it. We call it the making fries. Now. They're making damn French fries. So, oh, so you hear, you hear it? Do you hear what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so they, they throw the potatoes in there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's not it's not nearly as loud on the recording as it is to us right now. It doesn't yeah. pick up nearly yeah. as much. Of it. Well, I don't hear it as much with the headphones on. Yeah, but and that's it's interesting. Crazy. No one, no one else. Like when they listen to this, they won't hear that. Yeah, like, to us, it's just annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but people got to work. People got to do their jobs. We're we're in here having fun. They're out there doing their jobs, man. So we gotta we gotta allow that. But uh, but anyway, the, uh, that's really 
the, like just the the time that that's kind of a theme, like like you mentioned with the sushi and, and the art, yeah, and, and all of that. There there's a method and almost an art to a lot of a lot of what they do in that kind of culture. Yeah, because there's several times I've gone down the docks and you know there'll be a you call a fish head, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, man, that looks easy to slap the paint on there and do the print the rub and <laughs> that's it. I'm like, no, man, I've been I been doing this for a couple years before i even put it out there yeah and um and you charge how much (laughs) (laughs) and how much you charge for that (laughs) bullshit yeah (laughs) it's funny because like you know so that's you know when it comes to art and stuff like that you know good art comes from the heart Mm. and it's something shoot i'd be doing if i didn't have to worry about money or getting paid I'd, i'd be doing it anyway yeah you know and so it's just the Anytime people love your work or you're doing something like that, which just you, uh, it, it's it's just I mean, you, there's nothing but more than the smile and be grateful that you can make a living doing something that you're passionate about. And especially, I never thought day in my life I'd be an artist. My mom went to the British Royal Academy. Um, she's, you know, everything like I've been inspired by, and um, has this extensive art. Uh, education and background which a lot of people don't know unless you know my, my mother yeah and I when her. i grew up i was around like just her kind of work throughout my life and um she always wanted me to go to art school i was going to go to scad savannah arts college and turn it down guidance counselors like oh you want sure you want to be an artist you don't really make that much money so i got a pr degree which hey. actually, yeah, you know, it's right, right there, buddy, at the top of the, if you look right there, the, uh, Bachelor, of Arts, oh, we, yeah. Bachelor of Arts in Public Relations. At UWM. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. same here. <laughs> Dr. Scott, he's the oh, man. Oh, yeah, he was great. Or Rick yeah. Scott, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Perigo, did you have Perigo? I know, I never had Perigo, but I had Rick Scott for most yeah. of everything, and of course... Um, oh, so you got to say, you probably got to take a lot of your classes when they still had that program in Fort Walton. I did Walton. everything yeah, in Fort Walton, lucked out. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I liked Scott. Yeah, he was awesome. He was cool, man. He was He's a, cool. He had a little. He was a little smart ass too. Oh yeah, he yeah. Had a little attitude that I liked, you know, and but, uh, and that prior military kind of um kind of attitude a little bit too that I really dug. Which is like so, the real the good real world experience. Mm-hmm. But that's become utilized in um, that education, especially with the the art mix, because I think a lot of artists don't really you or. Artists are weird, you know. We all got quirks and different. There's some that are out there, and but having that and going to college for the PR degree, and here I am, kind of gone 180 back to my roots. I never would imagine that, mm-hmm. and so it's the coolest thing ever because my mom's super stoked. We've already got like a a great relationship. I'm lucky to have awesome parents, but now we've got this even like cooler art bond between us because we're showing each other work and. You know, she's been kind of my biggest critic, you know, oh, you could do a little bit this or, you know, so she's always been behind me and just the greatest support system ever. And I'm God, I I wouldn't be anything if it wasn't for her. So, yeah, yeah. for sure. Is she she here in Destin as well? No, um, they live out in Navarre. Okay. Uh, So mom's, I think she's a little stage fright. I I think she needs she needs a little a little bit more of a, a push to get out there like. She wants to do work and do shows and do more and all that. Um, it's just, uh, I, th- I think she's she's not as um, out there. You know, mm-hmm. she's a lot more kind of like her privacy and, well, do commissions and stuff like that, you know. But I'm like, Mom, you know, you got to get out there. Like, you got good shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so without giving away too many of your secrets, let's dig into a little more of the process of what you're doing. Because, you know, I think we briefly said basically it means fish wrap. You know, I've seen a lot of your stuff. Uh, some of my very close friends have some of your stuff. Uh, awesome. But, but for Sweet. people who but for people who aren't aware, uh, a guest on here, actually, Nikki Harvell, has like a eight-foot code. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but kind of explain more. You don't give away any of your secrets or anything, but kind of just explain more what you do, how, how the process works. Um, like for, for, for example, something that I might be interested in is, you know, do you, do you rinse the fish off or like, I mean, do you just throw slime on there? Like what, how does the kind of, yeah. So majority, basically how most of it, most of the time, how it goes down is, uh, guys will come in from a fishing trip and, um, I'll go down and meet them, grab the, they'll do their photo ops and all that good stuff with, uh, Jake real time photos. And, um, I'll grab whatever fish I want to paint. And spray off the membrane, get all that off, and then uh, apply paint to the fish. Um, every fish is different. Some have bigger scales, some are skin. Uh, so there's a different technique, different paints that I use depending on the fish and all that. Like I've really got in depth and um, I guess just with technique and approaches and stuff like that. It, it it varies. Like I could be painting like a triple tail, which is a very scaleless fish, it has big scales on it. Um, and then go and paint, say, a, um, a lionfish. I'll use completely different paints, completely different uh, canvas. I, I use different forms and weights of canvas, uh, which is a non-traditional approach to Gyuthaku. And that's something I've just, like, I've done linen, silk. I've tried all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just goes with my style, my approach. And it's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just good with any art any artist, like you do your own take, you have your own way of doing things. And that that's what separates you and you stand apart and you're unique. Yeah. So, and that comes with your experience, you know, the more you do and the more you go along with something, you evolve, you develop and you find your style and you just uh, kind of narrow it down. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, and it, there's still a bucket list of fish out there in a sea. So like there's stuff from super deep, like crazy weird fish I've painted uh, still waiting to get a hold of a sailfish. I keep missing sailfish, which okay. is like one of the most majestic, beautiful billfish. Yeah. And like I missed one the other day, or was it earlier this summer by like literally a day? There was one that came through, and I'm trying to get a damn sailfish. So if anybody gets a sailfish, let me know. <laughs> are they, are they, are sailfish allowed to be kept right now? Because uh, I know Beauchamps is doing their sortie tournament this weekend, and right. I don't know if they'd bring in sailfish on that. So they don't. So Beauchamps, the swordfish <clears throat> shootout is this Saturday. The weigh-ins are going to be from four to nine p.m. Uh, so they'll have a swordfish division. Uh, they'll have a white marlin division, which is new to the tournament. Uh, then you'll have a mahi, tuna, wahoo division, and um, I think that's it when it comes to the divisions. But um, the white marlin, I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, I love painting billfish and, uh, especially Marlins are so, man, they're just amazing. Yeah. So do you already have people set up if they catch something, you're going to be there to do that for them? Or do you like, do you just go down to the docks when you see this and you're like, yo, this is what I do. You um, know? so like with the, uh, with like the tournaments and stuff like that, um, it's kind of when those deals, you know, guys are out fishing a tournament and they may catch a fish of a lifetime. Um, and also those fish, I don't get a hold of that easily, especially big stuff. So I'm just frothing and ready for, you know, whatever they come in. But, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty much 
what anyone wants, you know, to get to get painted, whether if it's uh, fish in the, the Destin Fishing Rodeo and they get like a, a small little rock kind, which is a grouper species or a flounder. Or if you go to Beauchamp's and you catch a 350 pound swordfish, um, you know, it could be the best day fishing just because you're with your family. And that's what the what's so cool about the whole or special about the Giyutaku thing and the art that I do is a sentimental attachment to it. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm painting. Someone's getting a piece from me, but at the same time, it's about it's about the angler and the, that person's day in life, the fish. Uh, so there's a whole respect for the day in life in which you spent that that memory, and then also the fish that you're eating. So and and that's how I look at it, and why it's so special to me. Yeah. And so I look at it in a much deeper spiritual sense and fulfillment, um, and I guess how you're contributing to the uh, the world, you know. And mm-hmm. I like it because I it creates smiles. You know, it's that memory of someone's maybe last fishing trip with their grandfather or something, and they got that that memory on their wall of that day. Yeah, for sure. So it's it's and, cool. and in a pretty unique way too. Yeah, yeah. That that's not a, you know, we I think we live in an area that's almost dominated by certain types of art and certain types of styles. So you've done a you've done a pretty neat job of kind of carving out your own little, your own little niche and your own little unique way. That's that wasn't really being done around here either, kind of thing, uh, which is is pretty cool, man. That's that's the goal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's weird how things happen sometimes. You know, like, for example, went to college for a PR degree and kind of originally in college, I wanted to be a band publicist. I've always loved music and <laughs> bands and that's kind of what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then here I am actually doing what I never thought I would do, but it's been underneath my nose the mm-hmm. entire time and I couldn't be more grateful for it. So I think it's kind of one of those things like in life, you just uh, stick to your guns, follow your heart, like what it is that you... uh just stay you, just stay yeah. you. And you know what? And you stay on that road that you're about and who you are and stay true to that. And I think it'll guide you to where you need to be. And I couldn't say, you know, I mean, it's can be even more true with uh, how it's happened in my life. Yeah. And Man, we have a lot more in common than I, than I was aware <laughs> of from like the degree thing. And then you wanted to get into pan, like band pu- publicity, like publicity and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, I do a lot of that work, man. Yeah, like my executive. Uh, you did a pod. You were like the first podcast I ever knew about in Destin. Like I remember you talking to me about it like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's crazy, man. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things in common. Um, I know I'm gonna start painting some shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, Rick Scott. I wrote a uh, my executive summary was about managing a band and how to like. Um, it was basically troubleshooting them and how the market then get them out to the, like that, that was kind of like my executive summary Okay, and about promoting a, and, and putting on a full concert event thing. That's kind of wild. Yeah. Well, like what, what uh, class like writing for PR or camp, like your campaign or your management class. Maybe? Yeah. The manage like PR management. Yeah. 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 That was, that was probably one of my more enjoyable classes. Cause it was one where you could actually apply real world. Cause uh, reading all those like PR books that, um, some some of the professors would make us read and, and study. I just I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is a waste of my time. Like this is I can't believe people get paid money to you know make books out of this type of stuff. Yeah, you know, on how to write a persuasive letter kind of thing. So when uh, someone asked a question, what you got? Uh, so we're live on Instagram, and someone asked if I have a Sarah Columbia asked if I have any stingrays available. 
Uh, not at this time. So I, d- I did a painting of a cow nose ray, which some oh, cool. species of fish are hard to get a hold of. You can't catch them on by hook, but some guys get them by bow fishing. And the cow nose rays are good for shark bait, or they'll use them in the fish traps to get bait. You know, bait fish just because the meat holds together. And so yeah. uh, it's a you know strong cartilaginous fish. But um, uh, don't have any stingrays at the moment, but that's very possible in the near future because there's a lot of them around and. If someone, one of the bow fishing uh, guides happens to shoot one in the wrong spot and it doesn't live, which is, I hate for anything not to live. <laughs> yeah. But maybe some stingrays here soon. I'll, uh, I'll let you know. Sweet. Um, speaking of stingrays. I always catch stingrays on accident. <laughs> <laughs> they usually break my rods. It's the most, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it'll take you an hour to get the stingray even to come up, you know, kind of off the bottom. And you're like, well, I got a good one. I got a really good one. And then you, all of a sudden you just see it kind of surface. And, Damn oh, okay. Well, what are we going to do here? Let's try to get them upside down and get the hook out. You yeah. Know? So Make scallops. Yeah, right? What do they call that? Uh, <clears throat> we just call that stingray back. <laughs> that's a real thing, though. Right? Yeah. Like, that yeah. was a... Uh, like, it was a big thing around here for a bit. Yeah, too, stingray yeah. scallops. You know that you're that stingray scallops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's like if you see the real big cylinder ones, yeah. it's like that's stingray back. Yeah. And then your real true scallops of the shell are like the small ones. Mm-hmm. But now I think there are species of ones that are bigger. There are. There's yeah. like diver scallops that are bigger. But you know, if you went and you got a basket of you know fried scallops and they're massive and you only got charged like nine bucks for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, dude, that was stingray. <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I want to figure it out because there was something to where it was like, it was an insane number of what percentage of mm-hmm. of what you were getting were scallop, were, were yeah. actual scallop. Yeah, and, not and it's the same thing. Like, there's a, a, a there's still a few restaurants around here with like catfish, and it's not actually catfish. It's oh, there's what, several. What is Swahi. it? Oh, Swahi. Yeah, Swahi. Yeah, and all that. You know, catfish. you know about that. It's almost a lot, unless it says like Mississippi catfish or something yeah. on the menu. Almost all catfish in the, in America, I think, is swai, which is what? Uh, where is that? Thailand or Thailand? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> but you've heard uh, horror stories about, I guess, where the waters in which those fish come from. <laughs> no, oh, it's yeah, gnarly. it's gross. Yeah, it's. I guess not supposed to be um, consumed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, you got to be careful with that. Uh, also, uh, you know, grouper too. There's there was something crazy like they did DNA testing or something, and like over half the grouper you get isn't actual grouper. It's like tilapia and some other just some white fish that yeah, you throw some whatever. shit on. White yeah. flaky fish from the lands where they yeah. tie food. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and like uh, most. Of, not, not trying to throw any place under the bus around here, but a lot of the places where like mahi is almost never local. Yeah, you know, kind of one of well, those it, things. I mean, I've heard it myself from other restaurants in which they where they get mahi. Not saying any names, but uh, it's cheaper to get it from the Pacific. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that I mean that makes sense <clears throat> for sure. Yeah, I mean it's not even off our coast Pacific. It's usually South American and yeah. all that. Yeah. Do you eat seafood? Are you seafood? Oh man, I love seafood. Yeah. I eat pretty much anything out of the sea. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like if it love sushi. Yeah, anything. I'm going to Apple Cola this weekend. So oh nice. Hopefully, um yeah, for a wedding. 
No, we aren't. Gonna, I don't think we're going to do any scalping. I think they closed it already because of the red tide. I think they just said, "Nah, we're done." Um, but uh, hopefully, they sell some oysters. I hope that hasn't messed with the oysters. I need to do my research, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Wait. Well, like, uh, red tide. Yeah. Yeah. There was actually a, a surf this morning at the Fort Oakley Island Pier, and there was a little hint of it in the water. Mm-hmm. I can always tell just because there's like a kind of like a, a tingle on the tongue, and you'll cough a little bit, but. Usually it goes more airborne where there's a lot of white water, and that's mm-hmm. where you'll kind of you're, you'll sense it. Uh, I heard moderate amounts in Panama City Beach, yeah. and then there was this morning a little hint of it out there, but not strong. There was no dead fish or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a there's a little hint of it in the water. But this easterly flow that we have isn't going to help because that's going to move it this way. Yeah. So you yeah. think we might be in trouble here soon? Or no, I actually heard um, in Naples, Florida. Uh, Someone had messaged me on Instagram about my artwork and stuff. Um, uh, and they live down in Naples, and I was asking them, you know, hey, how's the red tide down down south? And they're like, oh, it's gotten better. It's actually gotten better. So that was good to hear because yeah. that was I remember seeing horde photos of all this marine life and stuff washing up, and it's just like, man, it's yeah. terrible. I don't I don't know enough about all that stuff. I just you know you hear yeah. the sugar. But sure. get, that gets into all the politics yeah, and other yeah. stuff, and I'm not going to go into that. But yeah. <laughs> well, because that's not you're keep not it talking, clean. You're not talking red tide at that point. You're talking the the green algae stuff, mm-hmm. right? And that's just all the runoff and all that shit that's coming off from Okeechobee. big sugar. And yeah, yeah. That, well, that's the reason they dammed off Okeechobee was to create more sugar land. And because there's no flow, everything gets caught and all the shit and manure, all the stuff from the cows is all. I mean, it's just a big mess. Yeah, <clears throat> and they haven't been able, and that that's been going on forever. It's just getting more and more intense because mm-hmm. it's just built up over the years, just building and building and building. Has has Florida always been? Because you know you see uh, all this Florida stuff all over the internet now, like Florida Man, and of course this story comes from Florida. Has that has Florida always just been an insane place? Like, if we've always that, been the asshole. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> because Bassles, I remember, hurricanes. I, well, I remember growing up, uh, like, in Alaska, though, like, living in Alaska, I remember thinking of Florida and saying, boy, I hope one day I get to go to Florida. Well, yeah, because you, you get all the, the good adverts. You get Disney World and beaches, <laughs> yeah. and it's great. Orlando. <laughs> and they just show you pictures of the Key West and stuff. That's all, that's all you get to see, right? Uh, no. Nah. <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I, it seems to be intensifying, though. Like, more bad things in Florida seem to be, like, it's, <laughs> like you, it seems that you get more horror stories more frequently now than ever. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe that's just directly correlated to social media and how quickly information, yeah, how how, how that flows now. Absolutely, it, it's kind of like the spring break thing. Uh, the stuff that in Panama City Beach has been going on forever, and then it's just <laughs> because of social media yeah. and things being documented that people are like, "Oh God, things have gotten out of control." It's like, man, it's been going on like that forever. Did you see that documentary on Netflix about Panama City? No. Oh, is it bad? Oh, it's really bad. Ooh. It's really bad. What? Yeah, man. I don't hear. Will it you called? Google it? Uh, just look up uh, like Pan- like Panama City Netflix, like spring break or something. I, c- I could only watch like the first 30 minutes of it. I actually it's very rare that something I'm watching is like disgusting enough to where I have to turn the channel off. But it like follows these kids who are who are in town on spring break and they'll just like these guys will just be standing outside of their hotel room and this drunk girl will come walking by and they'll be like, Hey, do you want a beer? And she'll be like, yeah. And they'll come up. He'll take like the guy will take the girl into the room 
they'll bang it out real quick and then go and he'll be like, that's the seventh time that's happened in a night. And you're just like, wow. And it's it's like, it's all on video. It's just yeah. chaos. Jeez. Have you found, have you found what it's called Li- yet? Liberated. Yeah. yeah Liberated. Yeah. Oh, it's so gnarly. Like, there's a friend of mine. Um, I don't know if you know him, Jake Dillard. I don't know if I know Jake. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Jake Dillard, he's from uh, here locally and does a lot of like film production and um, uh, filming and everything. And uh, he was working on something now. I guess it was on the lines with uh, Tinder or, uh, yeah, I think it was like with Tinder and the things that go on with that. And, um, it was kind of a similar thing, but pretty shocking stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what they I guess they call this. It's uh, the exploitation, or the ex- they're exploring many millennial subjects. Uh, uh, the American hookup culture is what they call it. Yeah, so I guess yeah. that's, that's you know kind of the same shit. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? One one girl, the the main character in, I don't know how it goes past 35, 40 minutes. That's as far as I got. But the what's appeared to be the main character is just banging girl after girl after girl after girl. And one of the girls he banged the night before, uh, he sees at the club the next night. And she like she looks and she sees that there's a camera crew following him. Yeah. And she's like, I can't I can't be on camera. I'll get kicked out of my university. And he's like, well, how would you get kicked out of university for hooking up? She's like, I go to a Christian university. <laughs> oh, like, my oh, God. When you're in Panama City. Praise God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, that, okay, now getting into that, too, it's... It's crazy the way these kids act. And I'm so thankful. Like, I met my wife about a year and a half, two years prior to, like, Tinder being a thing. Yeah. Or, you know, seven or eight years ago, it wasn't socially acceptable to have an online dating profile. Right. We kind of, like, kind of made fun of those people, you know, a little bit. Not, like, make fun of them, but it it was, like, looked... It was, like, down upon. But now, like, the culture has it. And, man, I was... I had this thought the other day about this generational divide, especially mainly between baby boomers and millennials. Mm-hmm. It's like, there is this clear divide and it's the, the baby boomers just shitting on millennials, like kids these days, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff with taking zero responsibility for the environment that they've been around 60 years to create for these kids to have to wad through this shit. Does that make sense? Yeah. They just uh, they turn their nose down on them kid like kids these days. They don't they don't have any of that kind, you know, they don't act right, whatever. Well, they're having to swarm through this shit pile that you spent 60 years creating. Yeah. And, and taking zero responsibility for. Have you ever have you ever considered that? Yeah. I mean, I think like when it comes to uh, how things are going now, it's um it's a little nerving to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've always been I guess from a European uh, background like my grandmother's Polish and uh, I was kind of raised like old I guess sort of the old fashioned way and so like I've you know tried the online dating stuff and all that and none of it ever seems to fail I've always wanted to meet someone in person you know and you know people have the way they move the way they talk their own little aura and their vibe and all that and pheromones and that's like the natural way. Um, I don't know. I just, I just believe in that. And I, uh, my girlfriend, uh, Taylor, you know, that's how we met was in person. And I just remember watching how she moved and, and I was like, gosh, she's the most beautiful girl ever. Yeah. You know, and I was just 
Oh, I couldn't, <laughs> I, I couldn't keep my eyes off of her. And then, you know, I was like, man, I can't let her go. I got, I got to get over there, get your ass over there and talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. And, and because of that, 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 uh, just, uh, yeah. And since then it's been amazing. So great. Yeah. How long have you and Taylor been a, a thing? So Taylor and I met at the beginning of June. Okay. Yeah. And so she's, uh, she's lovely. So this is still awesome. new. It's still new. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's just when, as my mom would say, it's just one of those things like where it's just natural. And, mm-hmm. um, she's always, she always said, you know, when you meet someone and, it, and it's right, you know, it's magic. It, it, it doesn't take much effort. You just get along. It's like your best friend. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is with us. It's Good, just, man. you know, we just love e- love being around each other, love each other, and it's just, yeah, it's. Um, Are you a native to Destin? Yeah, you born and raised. Born and raised. Yeah, right on. Yeah, those are f- those those are tough to find. Those are there's few of those. Yeah, you know, they're it's like Sasquatch. You hear about them, but you never see them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I married one, so that that's uh, <clears throat> I guess she's born born and raised here as well, so. You're uh, Fort Walton? Born at Eglin. Okay. And uh, father was in the military. That's how I met my mother. And uh, they moved here, and I was born at Eglin. Was going to move away a couple times. I was going to move to um, San Diego for a marketing job and decided to stay here because the podcast thing I was doing um, got some publicity. And I was like, oh, well, this thing's like going. Like, I'm going to stick with this. Mm-hmm. And then um, my parents actually moved back to the UK to uh, take care of my grandmother. That was 2008. And they were like, do you want to go with us? And I was like, oh, I'll come visit. It's too cold. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's good waves over there. And I mean, the, the amount of to do, I mean, it's, I mean, everything's just at your fingertips, all different countries and experiences. And you don't need a car there. There's so much transit systems and all that. So it's, but yeah, I went over to visit, but I just, I was like, oh, I don't think I could live there. Mm-hmm. This is too cold. I love the beach and being hot, sunny. Plus, I was working on the the podcast stuff, and I just wanted to see what happened with that. Yeah, let's talk about your podcast, man. I don't, I know you, you aren't doing it as much, but like, kind of, you were one of the first people that I really even heard about doing podcasts. Yeah, uh, I think you and I had like a conversation at Red Door probably like six years ago. Yeah, yeah, I, like, yeah. I remember you talking to me about it, and I was just like, "Wow, that's kind of that's kind of cool, man." Um, what what was it about? Kind of what'd you do? How, how did it grow? All that um, kind of stuff. It's kind of crazy. Uh, I'd started that in 2006. Mm. So that was before people even knew what a podcast was. Um, and uh, bas- I'd, I was doing some stuff in college where I was kind of interviewing bands. Um, I was working with this guy that was trying to start up an internet television network, and it, which was way ahead of the curve, mm-hmm. way ahead of the time. Anyway, he put me in connection with a guy in Vegas and, uh, and that does the similar thing, has like a podcast for Vegas and everything to know and do in Vegas. And so, you know, he'd kind of shared some ideas and, you know, we collaborated and, um, and he coached me along. His name was Ted Newkirk and, uh, yeah. And, um, enjoyed it. Loved the, cause I would go and research everything that was happening and actually like structure a show where I was discussing things relative to the time, um, news that was happening that was relative to, you know, the podcast as of, you know, it was more geared towards vacationers and visitors, mm-hmm. people that want to know what's happening or even locals. But, um, yeah, it was, it, I enjoyed it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I haven't done the podcast since 2011, 12, 
So it's been, yeah, it's been a while since I've so actually it was recorded. longer than that, than that, yeah, that you and I flies. spoke about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But yeah, I would, had started another thing, which is called Live Like Destin, which is uh, all about living life to the fullest on area beaches. And I was going to continue the podcast of that. And then I guess uh, God steered me into the art thing and... Mm-hmm. You know, and that's uh, that's how it's going. And that's your full that's that's your full time thing now, yeah. Yeah, I bartend a few days a week at uh, Pompano Joe's. Okay. So I'm there, um, yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays down at the beach bar. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I love painting. I do it every day. Yeah. I shoot. There's a lot of times I've spent the night in the studio. I just paint till, you know. But then there's times where I take a a, a week or I just got to decompress and let the creative juices come back. You know, it's people don't really realize, I guess it's a lot of energy within that comes out through it. Uh, and that's, that's like kind of how my work goes. It's, um, I put a lot of, um, passion stuff inside, just artists express things in different ways. Could you rap Shane? What? Like if I wanted to like pay you to rap Shane, like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I could print a human, (laughs) which is something, I want to do. There's, there's definitely you're gonna, you're ideas for that. that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a if big we, piece. I, yeah, if we can get some uh, sponsorship, uh, we get a sponsorship dollars. <laughs> Go fund me. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Just great ideas right here. <laughs> <clears throat> do you still, uh, do you still like bartending? Yeah, bartending's fun. Yeah. Um, you know, it's laid back. It's mm. on the beach, and I've met some. I've met friends there that I'm great friends with now because of that. Also, just the flexibility of being able to it is given has been allowed me to float the art thing and have time to paint yet still make money, which is uh, a challenge that a lot of artists face that they don't have the time to work in two or three jobs. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're not having that time to paint and produce and all that. So I've been very fortunate with that and the people at Pompano Joe's to you know, work. And what do you do, like 11 to five or something like that or 11 um, to six at the beach bar? It's kind of a long day. Well, depends on how busy it is. Like we'll mm-hmm. split the shift, me and another bartender, but um, usually the shift's from 11 to 9, so it's a long day. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's been a rad job. I've met all kinds of people, had all kinds of experiences. Um, but then again, man, you know, sometimes alcohol brings out the worst in people and the, and the way people behave and what alcohol does to people sometimes really just uh, eggs me. So I'm like, man, mm-hmm. you know, I'm much rather see people maybe smoke a joint because people yeah. don't get angry or do fucked up shit. Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, I don't know. Just al- I've just witnessed alcohol just cause people to become ugly and do ugly things, cause divorces, all that stuff, and we didn't gonna do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't smoke every day or all about, but I just think that pe- people don't realize that with alcohol, though it creates so much money, but it's, it's I mean... More, it's a dangerous drug. It's a dangerous thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many people go to an AA meeting mm-hmm. and how many people are going to a damn cannabis meeting? Uh, <laughs> you know, you drink a whole bottle of vodka, you could possibly kill yourself. Yeah. You go and eat f- 10 brownies. I mean, you might sleep for a really long time. You might think you're going to think you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> you're pretty sure you're going to die, but yeah. you won't. You'll live. Your brain, you, your mindset might be a little yeah. different. But have you ever eaten too many edibles? No, like and lost your shit. Like I need to go to the doctor. Like no. I might die. 
I've actually, to be, I forget how to breathe. To be honest, I've actually warmed up to the whole cannabis weed thing over just the last few years. I used to be super against it. Really? For the longest time, like all grown up, even like one of my buddy's brothers, I remember yelling at him in the back in the car, like, man, you're going to ruin your life. Don't do that shit. And you were like, you're a surfer. Yeah. And that's the thing. People used to, people used to blow people's minds. They'd be like, Harley, you don't smoke? You're a surfer. I'm like, yeah, I don't don't smoke. (laughs) And then, um, but I've warmed up to it and I, I, I think it's, I mean, way better than, you know, alcohol any day of the week. You're not going to feel like crap. And mm-hmm. there's so many medicinal health properties to it. Uh, just the benefits, you know, with CBD oil and the things that uh, it's just like, I mean, people wake up, you know? So, yeah, I recently got my, uh, medicinal card. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I can was that, I heard Fort Walton or something. Yeah. You can go get it in Fort Walton. I went all the way out to Pensacola just because I, I, it was time sensitive. I was trying to get it before. Um, I, I knew I was going to have a pretty stressful Mm -hmm. few weeks ahead of me. Yeah. So I wanted to get that in place, uh, because I was, I was trying to, uh, refrain from taking any sort of pharmaceuticals Mm -hmm. whatsoever. So I was like, that'll be a, that'll be a great way to kind of transition. So the one thing I like about it, is the anxiety like mm-hmm. I'm a really like easy going laid back person but like for example I'm at the docks there's a bunch of people I do get anxious mm-hmm. and, like I'll start getting jitters and all that um and then from skateboarding when I was growing up I had several encounters with dogs because yeah. dogs never like skateboards so certain dog breeds will make me nervous like I'm like Ugh. and um I remember being around this huge massive dog uh at a friend's house once and um and had a little you know, weed in my system and I was completely relaxed, wasn't anxious or anything. And, um, actually enjoyed like being able to hang it out and pet the dog. Yeah. Um, so that was like, definitely it swayed, swayed me towards like, wow, this, you know, actually does help. So, yeah, but th- that can also turn on you too and make you super anxious. Have you ever had that happen? No. With marijuana? I've, You've never had that happen? No, before? it's ever, no. It's, he just started smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Shane, that, that's a thing well, with you, right? Yeah, but I, I, I can't smoke. That's a, it's a thing with me, too. I used to, I smoked all, I mean, shit. Yeah. Like, you know, high school, like, all through my, like, almost all my 20s. I probably stopped, like, my mid-20s. Uh, and, yeah, now, um, especially during the day, like, yeah. I, 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 I can't smoke, like, during mm-hmm. the day or anything like that. I can't smoke and, like, go out to a bar or go to a movie or anything like that. It's kind right. of like, weird and self-reflective and just kind of, you know, I get more... It's, 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 I don't even know if it's paranoia. It's just, it's just anxiety mm-hmm. when it's yeah. like that. <clears throat> but that's also, I mean, you know, we're not, talking, medi- we're not talking medicinal yeah. and hitting a pin and then being able to like just kind of like coast and you know exactly what your THC level is and all that. We're talking about, you know, ripping bowls or smoking yeah. blunt. Like, I can't do that. I can't like recreationally so what, go out and do that. See, that's what started to happen to me too. That's why I had to quit smoking because it started to turn on me. Yeah. It would do the exact opposite of what it used to do for me. Yeah. Right. The, the benefits that I used to enjoy from it be, begin to not be enjoyable. So I, qu- I quit smoking for years and just recently got back into it because I got my, my medicinal. And the great thing about that is I know exactly what I'm getting. I know yeah. exactly what strain I'm getting. I know exactly how that strain is going to affect me depending on how much I, I put into my system. So yeah. it's a really, it's a super great way to, and a calculated way to, to really improve uh, your life, your mood, your outlook, mm-hmm. you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. It's actually, um, for me, it's kind of a, not a, not, not a regular thing. It's like here and there. And people think like artists painting, like, oh, you must be stoned all the time when you're painting. No, 
I actually like to keep the connection in which I'm painting and the energy which is coming, what I'm putting into it, that channel clear. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I guess if you were to watch me paint, like I paint with a lot of intensity, like there's a lot of just, just, just channeling. And uh, I think that clouds it. Um, whereas I got friends that are artists that paint and um, like for the work that they do or the things that they're portraying and it works for them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I just um, like at nighttime, bedtime, it's awesome. Great dreams. Cool. Or if I'm chilling, but during the day, or if I was to go surfing, no, it actually kind of messes me up. Really? It makes me like overly chill and I don't hmm. socialize as much as I would. Like, cause usually I like to talk and chat and I'll just be like, yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, like I, and you know, we all group of us, you know, we all smoke pot and stuff like that. I would never smoke and go surfing. I couldn't do it. Hmm. It was just kind of, you know, yeah, you, you kind of. You're not like as interactive, yeah. And I think you uh, you need to be ma- way more uh, attentive of yeah. you know, nature and what's going on and the big body of water you're in. And because yeah, normally, for example, if I was to go on a surf trip and say smoked, or got you know super stoned before I paddled out and surfing like legit waves, um, I wouldn't surf like I normally would. I would probably get pounded on the inside and be like, ah. I'm over this. I'm going to go sit back on the beach, which normally I'd be like, are you kidding me? Like, what? <laughs> if I was a guy on the, like, but I saw someone do that and I was sitting on the beach, I'd be like, what's wrong with them? What are they doing? It's firing. And I'd, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't, on that, on that, uh, area of it. I just want to watch, man. This is, those cool. I, I recently got really into, to, uh, cycling and, and riding my bike. Yeah. yeah. I, so I've got, I got a couple bikes now for different reasons. And my favorite thing to do now is just to get stony baloney and go ride for like an hour and a half, man. Just, uh, you have your earphones in, you're, you're going out yeah. of pace, you know, you're, you're seeing a lot, you know, cause you can go, you can go ride. I'm, if I go ride, I'm generally doing between 15 to 25 miles yeah. now per ride. But the thing is I've gotten <clears throat> to see so many areas of this town that I've never seen in my life. Uh, I went to Indian Bayou the other day, and it was uh, myself and my friend Dave, and he was in front of me, and all of a sudden, like, right at the entrance of Indian Bayou, he went across, and I saw a fucking water moccasin, like, go right over there, and I was like, that's a water moccasin! So, I'm about to run this fucker's head over, so I lift my I lift my feet up like that, <laughs> going over that, just, like bombed, oh my out of my, like, bombed out of my gourd, but, like, the cool thing is, you're going about 13, 14 miles an hour, so you get to see a lot of stuff, Yeah, you know, you have your headphones in, you're concentrating, uh, you got to watch out for cars everywhere. Uh, people driving like crazy, man. But it's like my favorite. It's my favorite thing to do now, for sure. Like that's how. Do you wear a helmet? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. good. Absolutely. <laughs> but I, my normal path is pretty easy though, because I'll I'll go ride. I don't, I don't I don't hop on ninety eight at all, but I'll I'll take off from my house, which is back in Old Destin, and I'll just go ride to like the end of Indian Trail and back. Yeah. And once you're on Indian Trail, man, you're fine. Like there's there's a good to the to like to the entrance to the end of it and back's like about five miles that you get where there's not a lot of traffic so it's yeah. pretty safe you know but that's uh that's that's my thing now still I don't I don't smoke or anything before I have work to do or yeah you know like if I'm writing emails and stuff because I don't have to read I'll like have to reread the email like four times to make sure like I didn't misspeak yeah. or say something like punctuation is proper and all that stuff so I just I'd rather not do it when I work you know what, what do you guys think like in the future when it comes to all that as in like legalization and how maybe it'll affect the society if it's that uh, um easy to acquire 
you know, for whereas now, like you're talking you know, about, it's, like when it's like uh, recreational. Yeah, when it comes right. Re- yeah, what do you guys think about that? Like, it, if Florida became recreational, or, it'd be treated the same as as booze. I yeah. mean, you know, if it, like if you showed up to work and you're fucking blazed out of your mind, like you're getting sent <laughs> home, like go the fuck mm, home, depending on your job. I, I mean, yeah. I guess, but you know, it's and again, that's different with like the medicinal stuff. If you're using it medicinally, you shouldn't be. You sh- it should not be a tell. You you shouldn't be like eyes red, mm-hmm. like not coming. Like yeah. if you're just coming in, just like you can't fucking function. Like you know you're going home. I mean Wait, it'd, it'd be the same. But then you could be able to argue with your employee or your employer and be like, yeah, man, I I actually had a good strain. Like I'm super productive right now. Like I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but if you could be like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Look at mm-hmm. what you're doing. Let's pull up the camera feed. No, dude, you just started staring at that screen for like fifteen minutes. <laughs> I think I think that'd be I think it'd be one of those things, kind of like uh, being a bartender and doing a shot with your customer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. don't don't come to work silly stoned. Don't do dumb shit. Like, don't do five shots with your customers in an hour because you aren't going to be able to do your job. But you know, that one of those things. It's crazy. I was on I was in San Francisco. Um, probably about six months ago. And even on public transit, man, you'll see these kids that are like getting out of middle school, like fifth, sixth, seventh graders and shit, hopping on public transit, going home, sharing vape pens with each other on the fucking bus. Like, and you're just, you're on this bus. All of a sudden you're like, where is that coming from? And you look and there's like these 13 year old kids passing their pen back and forth to each other. And I'm like, all right, man, I guess that's how, (laughs) that's how we do it in San Francisco. Holy shit. That's crazy. Do you, Mm -hmm. uh, do you think that that'll have, an impact on younger generations I, I as in like motivation and being driven focused or, I mean, there's pros and cons to any, anything, but I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know when I was a kid. I mean, yeah, dude, when we smoked pot, we drank, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I think some kids follow in that kind of area and some kids don't. Um, I, yeah. think, I, don't I think it's I directly think... correlated to the individual. Like, yeah, uh, I, like a lot of the, a lot of the stoners I that I hung out with were full-time college students. They had full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. They were, they were doing their shit. They liked to get high. You yeah. know, that was it. It didn't affect their productivity mm-hmm. to where I knew working at Mellow Mushroom, there were several kids that were just huge piles of shit. They yeah. just smoked. They would try and see how stoned they could get. Yeah. They would talk to you about Absolutely. their gravity bongs yeah. and all that stuff. And, and they, they treated it a different way than, than myself or a lot of these other people yeah. treated it. I, I think it's it's an I think it's a reflection of the, indiv- the individual. And, and, at the, you know? and that's that's the same thing. So even even as a kid, you know, you're in high school, you're smoking pot. You, there's always like you know, even if you were smoking weed in high school, and you were either you know that, and then there was a, a the other the other group that were like the druggies. You're mm-hmm. like, no, dude, they're like eating pills and getting like way fucked up, and they're like <clears throat> fucked up at school, and like this isn't yeah. cool. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's all individual. So either you saw that and you're like, oh, that's cool, or you knew to like that's not. That's not legit, man. Mm-hmm. So I think it, I agree. It's all yeah. individual. Yeah, cases. some of the I most don't... super motivated, super creative, on top of it people that I know Elon Musk smoke all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that well, was... that was his first time though, right? That's what he says. And didn't he just get right? fired? So he says he didn't get. He just got removed from a position within the company. <laughs> okay. He still is the owner. Well, yeah, he's the CEO, <laughs> but is he? Yeah, he, he lost his fucking yeah, seat for three right? years. For three years. And what was yeah. that? What was that for? And I, I, didn't I read have it. to, I have to look more into it. I don't think it had to do with him smoking dope. Not on the flamethrower and smoking <laughs> pot on Rogan. What a guy, though. Hey, I think Elon Musk needs to be president. I think I would vote for Elon Musk. He's not native born, though, right? So, uh, no, he's, he's also a weird cat. 
<laughs> I think someone like Elon Musk should be president. We'll just say that. It needs to be it needs to be someone with brains. Well, at least like with cannabis and younger generations or it, I guess being that accessible or uh, not frowned upon as much in today's society that it does open up the creative channels and thoughts and things like that. So maybe people, you know, younger generations will be more innovative with thinking. And um, I mean, you look at some of these musicians and other people that dabbled with different things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the things that get created, I mean, you stay yeah. in the box, you're only going to get things in the box. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, it's, I think it's also utilizing everything around you, too, be it just for you, your, your paintings, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the reason that I'm aware of them and I see them is because of Instagram yeah. and because of Facebook. Like right. things that weren't around 10 years ago to where I wouldn't have been able to see that shit. You could have been telling me, yeah, man, I'm doing this new this new type of art and you could have tried to explain it to me and I would have probably been like, cool, man. Yeah. You know, but now that I've actually seen it, you know, it, it's different. So Yeah, social media is a huge platform for artists or musicians, anyone that's like trying to get themselves out there because... God, if you think about like back in the day, without that, the only way really to meet reach masses of people is to, to hustle the the whole festival or mm. art show scene, and um, that's just a grind. Yeah, like you just produce a whole bunch of work, and then hopefully, yeah, and you people have to pay a thousand dollars to get a booth. <laughs> you know, yeah, that, so, yeah, to where if you don't sell, you know, a, a couple paintings anyway, then you're you're going home, which is with less money kinda, than you showed up with. I mean. Like there, I, I'm not doing any festivals this year. Um, I want to do some la- do some next, or I kind of missed the deadlines for them. But next year, I'll definitely do some festivals. I'll definitely be on them. But that's one thing too is to build up the inventory for a festival. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of work, and you want to do it like in a timely manner where you're not pressured and you're just grinding and stressed out. And that that's what's happened. Like the last two ones I did, and I just during the festival, like I'm just kind of like trying to decompress. But same, you know, and people are coming up, and I'm just like. I just, man, you're almost over. Just want it to be Mm -hmm. over with instead of enjoying and experiencing it. You're just like, dude, I've just worked my ass off and now I just, I can't wait for it to be over so I can just like chill and rest. Yeah. But, um, but then, I mean, that's with anything you do, you have to grind. Like you have to have grit and work and what you put in is what you get back. Mm. Uh, I mean, I've gone down to the docks for a year going down there not not even getting paid for anything. I just wanted to paint every fish I could get my hands on, just gr- just sweating my ass off, covering fish. Car smells like fish funk. <laughs> I mean, buying paint, canvas, like just doing it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I loved it, and then people started wanting to buy it, and then, you know? Yeah. That's the dream, yeah. though. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It was, was never like a plan. Yeah, I'm going to do this and, like, you know, sell a bunch of artwork. It was kind of like, yeah, I'm Go and yeah, see. And then the people started buying it. I remember the first uh, check I got was from Karen. She's a server at Harbordox, and I uh, did a print of a scamp behind Harbordox. And she was like, "Here, I'll write you a check right now." And I remember that first payment for a, a, my a piece of art. I was just like, "Okay, yeah." Sweet. Had you this discussed? Is... Had you discussed like terms beforehand, like what payment was going to be? Or was she like, "What do I owe you?" Were you just like, "I don't, I don't know." I didn't, <laughs> no, yeah, I just kind of threw a number at her, and um, what I thought, and which is, you know, I, I, when I first started off with art, with um, like selling stuff, that's a huge thing with artwork is like pricing. Yeah, you know, because I've gone to shows where I've seen stuff, and I'm like, 
my mom and I were like, what the fuck? <laughs> Charging that much money for, the, but it, it, it's all up to interpretation. Like it, an artist can charge whatever they want. And, it, and it's up to whoever enjoys that artwork. Everyone enjoys different things and stuff like that. But you can also too, having an art background, look at something and tell like the quality or time that someone put into something, you know, and tell if someone just kind of like, you know, did it real quick or, you know, but then again, it's like, it, you know, if yeah, someone's happy painting and it's love and someone yeah. enjoys that, then man, whatever. Yeah. It's just like music, man. The, like our art in general is, is there's nothing more subjective, I think. Yeah. You know, it's every, every piece is different. Mm-hmm. So, um, what else, man? You got anything else you want to talk about? We have some Sh- time, man. What else you got going on? Shoots. We got a. What, what, what do we got? We got art. We got surfing. We got podcasts. We got PR. We got weed. What <laughs> <else>? <laughs> Talked a little bit about relationships. Um, let's see what else. Um, I was gonna say there's few few things going on, and I mean extra like in the whole art scene. Um, just uh, some stuff that's kind of kind of kept the lid on. At you know, su- super excited about just like as of opportunities, but. Um, see what happens to that. So that, that'll be something I'll be posted like through social media. Well, you're going to um, be doing some other things. You're going to have some additional um, opportunities. Just as in like opportunities with the art, with the work that I do. Um, but then also I'm branching out to just in the background when it comes to the art artwork and stuff like that. Like I've done like hand building pottery, abstract stuff, um, which so you're oh. full on artist, man. You're going. That's just that's what you do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, I would like to be every single day, eat, sleep, and breathe it. Yeah. And um, I, I'm just I'm at my best, my best me. It's who I've been identified since just from growing up. Um, and it's the coolest thing ever. Just uh, actually in a day where people are so, you know, conform to society and certain things like that, where you can express, be you and be identified as being you. And that's that. I think that like, I won a fucking lotto ticket. I'm like, Mm -hmm. dude, this is the coolest fucking thing ever. And if I can get paid to just be me and people love that, I mean, I don't think I could, I can tell you how many times I've left the studio with a tear in my eye. It's like, thank you, whoever the universe guardian angels, whoever's guiding me to this point in life. Cause I could never like, go another day in my life not being like thank you yeah, yeah. well <clears throat> gratitude's important man yeah. for sure and I'm, I'm glad you uh i'm glad you expressed that too congratulations on everything man tell thanks man tell our listeners how they can see your shit uh both in person and uh online all that kind of stuff yeah so uh you can check me out on instagram which is uh at gnarly harley that's g-n-a-r-l-y harley h-a-r-l-e-y also on facebook uh search gnarly fish prints and I've got a website, gnarlyfishprints.com. The website's going to be updated. It's one of them things like uh, as of photos and um, putting work on works for sale on there and all that. So uh, I will announce like when that's updated and I've got that up to par. Um, and then you can check me out in the docks. Like if anyone wants to come by the studio, i got a studio uh, above the breakfast table in Destin. Um, working on renovating that to have kind of like a, a small little gallery area. Um and as of now, if anyone wants to come by and check out like my inventory, there, man, there's a freaking sea of fish in there. There's everything from swordfish, marlins, all kinds of stuff in there. But 
It, it, anyone can make an appointment. Just send me a text or message me on any social media outlet, or you can email me at nar, uh, gnarlyfishprints at gmail.com. And uh, just come by if you just want to look, just scope out what I'm doing. I, I don't, I like to share with what I'm doing. And um, yeah, that's, uh, and you can see me down the docks. I'll be at Beauchamp's this weekend. Uh, the rodeo's going the whole month of October, so I'll be on the docks a lot. Just see the guy carrying the black bag and a roll of canvas, <laughs> <laughs> and he stinks. <laughs> no, I don't smell that bad. I shower. <laughs> well, cool, man. I, uh, I definitely appreciate you coming on here, man. Uh, been wanting to have Thank you, you guys. on for a bit, dude. So good seeing you. And uh, we will uh, we'll check back with you all next week. Thanks for having me. Later. Awesome. Big dude, listen to this podcast, whatever it means.